We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, hello. Welcome to the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, and on Skype I have Norman Riley and Simon Campbell. We're here to talk to you about Watford versus Newcastle United, or Newcastle United versus Watford, to give it its proper title, this weekend at St James's Park. Lads, I sent you through the running order. We'll have questions to, to answer. We've got stuff to talk about, but I completely forgot there's been a little bit more takeover stuff. So this week, um, it's been reported that a £300 million bid with various... What's the right word? I don't know. Caveats. You what? Caveats? Yeah, caveats, yeah, sorry. Um, has been submitted to the club and the club have rejected it, blah, blah, blah. We don't know, we can't speculate. We need Mike Ashley to sell the club. We've talked about it before. Norman, where's Berkshire? Where is Berkshire? Where is Berkshire? Berkshire? Yes. I believe Berkshire's to the west of London and within Berkshire you will find, if I'm correct, uh, Windsor, which is one of the official residents of the Royal Family. There you go. You'll also find Mike Ashley. Mike Ashley oh. spends. I know that was. I, I, I wasn't going down the royal family route, but, but you know, <laughs> good knowledge. What would you know? You know, when you hear people are talking like you know that you know Celtic fans reckon they took Paris last night. What would we have to do to take Berkshire? I don't know. I've never been. Um, very little. I would, I would imagine. I would imagine very little. Just turn up with a few like you know, a few tattooed shaven headed Geordies and a fair belly full of the and I think you'd panic the local populace out. Or you might get shot. <laughs> so, you know, by, by one of the landed gentry. So, yeah. you get tooled up. But I reckon we could do it. I reckon, I reckon a, box, a box of like um, mixed draper tools and four or five lads tanked up would be fine. You take the whole county. We're just trying to, how can we take the fight of Mike Ashley if he doesn't, if he doesn't sell the club? Not, not, not suggesting any physical violence, of course, against him. Just, just you know, just going. Just, <laughs> just taking up tools and marching about. <laughs> no, but then we're just going to we're just going to his local pub and ruin it for him. We're just like you know those assholes who sorry who just put the same who would go into a pub. I can't imagine who would do this in their youth, but go into a pub, put like a fiver in the jukebox and just put the same shit songs on over and over and over again. Um, that really wound people up in like two thousand and seven. So maybe maybe it works these days, but I might actually need to sell the club. Um. We don't know much more than that, but it's uh, it's it's a real. I think someone on Twitter this week said it's the it's the most important few weeks and months of the club's existence since the latter stages of the ninety one ninety two season, um, when Keegan saved the club. Someone did a documentary about that. You should listen to it. Um, but yeah, so massive, massive stuff in in that respect. But we're not really going to concentrate on that today. We are going to talk about Newcastle United versus Watford. 
Um, and lads, I'm gonna I'm gonna start and tell you why I'm very excited about this game. Um, just realise we're on camera here, and I'm like not even looking at the camera. I'm looking at my notes, but we'll 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 iron that out in the in the months and years to come. Um, I right, so lads, we're playing Watford this weekend, and it's it's a little it's a little bit back in the future because we're going back to our three games in a week. It's almost like being back in the championship. We'll have West Brom on Tuesday. Me and Norman will be there. Um, hopefully Norman has time to do a podcast afterwards. We'll see. Um, so three games in a week, and it's it's like the championship almost, where weeks have the the chance to kind of change seasons completely. You look at Palace this week, nine points up for grabs. If they were to take six points from nine games, they're in mid table. If we were to lose all our games, we're probably close to the relegation zone. Not that I think we will. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and about how big this week is. But for me. Um, it's it's a massive game this weekend, and this it's it's a nice kind of massive game. Now we haven't lost four in a row, a row in the Rafa. Um, I, I doubt very much he plans to to lose this game. Not plans, but thinks we'll lose this game. But th- there is that kind of threat and that fear that if this game doesn't go well, the wheels will have well and truly come off. Or some people will argue that point. Um, I just think it's a it's a pressure game. The players have to perform, and I don't know about you lads, but it really reminds me of the West Ham game. When in the West Ham game, our three defeats, I know you can call Forrest a draw, and we will call it a draw, but you could argue it's three defeats. You know, I don't know, I don't know, Norman, I'll come to you, like, how, how big does this feel to you in, in, in terms of the context of the season? And, you know, we can't really contemplate the defeat, can we? It feels huge when you look at the fixtures um, immediately after it. I mean... West Brom fixture, had Pulis have still been in charge, that would have given me more confidence. However, if they do announce a new manager, you know, on the eve of the game against us, then that may change it because, you know, it's cliched, but a lot of teams, maybe Bar Sunderland, do get um, a new manager bounce. And Bar Sunderland, I mean, obviously they lost the other night <laughs> under Chris Coleman. Um, so it's, you know, you're looking at Chelsea, you've got Chelsea after that, and then the Leicester and Event games again, they, they could be potentially massive because then we've got that run of fixtures, which is it's a really tough run of fixtures. And obviously, over the Christmas period as well, a lot of games come and thinking fast and we're quite. I mean, we, we do have a, we do have um, quite a small small squad. I we've got the same amount of bodies as any other squad, but you know we have we've got like sort of 16, 17 players who can who we can rotate. Um, so are three points vital? Well. Yeah, you've got to say that they're vital, but um, again, if we don't get them, uh, there won't there won't be a panic. But I think there'll be more of a concern after maybe after the Burnley defeat the other week, because obviously the Burnley defeat was the first one in a in a few games, and now we've lost the two matches since that. So this game does take on extra importance, um, and it'll 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 be a tough game, and it's a really difficult one to call. But uh, I think three points are very important. Size a draw, good result this weekend. Um, on on its own, no, but I've I've gone for a draw. Me preview, and I'd take a draw, assuming we get something out of the West Brom game as well. You know, two results or two non defeats would be enough, I think, just to kind of keep our heads above water. And I know we've got some hard games coming up, but I just think we need to avoid avoid defeats here and kind of remind everyone that we're still you know a, a team that's hard to beat. And that we'll get points in games. We've had we've had a bad run, but I'll take a draw now, and then go into the West Brom game feeling quite confident we can get something again. You know, you know the thing for me. Watford have eighteen points, four more than us. 
you look at their season and you look at their results and they're not a million miles different and what for the one who spent a lot of money they spent heavily um, what for the ones who are, are the manager and the team are gaining a lot of praise um, you look at their wins the one at Bournemouth on the opening day I think 2-0 which Bournemouth were in that slide Bournemouth are a good team we've talked about it uh, they lost to Stoke at home we beat Stoke at home uh, they beat West Ham at home comfortably we beat West Ham at home probably more comfortably than they did um, they got a good result at Southampton two in a win we got a good result at Southampton so there's a lot of, there's a lot of similarities there um, you know they beat Arsenal that's probably the one difference between the two of us but I mean I don't think we've really had a chance to play you know at Arsenal are, in my opinion are below your Liverpool and your Spurs the two in your Man United the games we've had so far um, so you know differences that the man the, the, the lost at uh, Chelsea to be expected kind of similar to all us at Man United putting a good show in um, they also lost in the last minute at Everton and those two are the only two away defeats but if you look at it 14 points compared to 18 um, that's why it's a big game because I don't want to be going 7 points behind Watford at the start of December I think we are in you know you could argue Watford have better players and they probably do have better players across the squad but in terms of our ability as a defensive side as an organised side and our ability none of the manager that we'll have and we'll have a better manager than, than, Mark, uh, than they do and Marco Silva in my opinion um, I think we should be in and around Watford for the rest of the season now I'm not saying that's going to happen and you know January comes and uh, Watford might spend heavily we might spend heavily neither of us might spend we've got the sale we've alluded to all that kind of stuff so it's just a massive game in that context and I'll take it back to the Palace game when we did the Palace preview a few weeks ago um, I said it would be a huge deal for Palace to go 11 points 10 points 11 points 12 points come what it was behind us and they did and ever since that game Palace have not been a consideration to us, whereas if, if we'd have lost that game to Palace, um, would have really been, you know, would have really been uh, considering them, looking out for their results. And I want to be looking at Watford's results moving forwards. I want to be thinking, right, how have Watford got on? How have, I'm trying to think of other teams around us, Brighton, Huddersfield, at the moment, I know, I think it was you, Norman, said that you think, um, you know, you still think Huddersfield will go down. That's one thing. But if you want to look up about the teams in and around mid-table compared to the teams at the bottom of the league, this is a big game to do it because we can't go seven points behind them with West Brom and Chelsea away. And we might surprise ourselves at West Brom and Chelsea where maybe we'll get six points, unlikely. Um, Watford have got two home games to follow. Let's not fall behind the chase and pack because against Palace, we were sixth and we've dropped off and we've dropped off and we've, we're kind of stuck in 11th place. So big game for me for that reason. But I, and I enjoy these big games. That's, that's why we go. Like last season, there were a lot of big games, but... It wasn't the same buzz, it wasn't the same feeling. It was always like if we're lost, you know, we got beat by Fulham. I know there was some ridiculousness on social media and people getting angry and stuff like that. But everyone, we're still, we're still going to promote it. If you listen to this podcast, we're, we're very much banging that drum for a long time. Whereas if we lose this weekend, who really knows? Who knows how this young team reacts? Who knows how we'll react at West Brom? And I suppose we may as well get into the match itself, Norman. Um, if we are going to beat Watford, how are we going to beat them? And what have we got to do to beat them? I thought the question was never coming there. <laughs> what have we got to do to beat them? Um, have you gone? I'm sorry, yeah. Oh, good. Uh, your, your, your picture's gone. Um, what, what have we got to do to beat them? Well, I mean, you know, obviously, if I was going to advise Rafa, uh, no, it, I think if you look at if you look at how Watford play, they they're an attack they're an attacking side. They've conceded a lot of goals, and yet to be fair, you know, I think fourteen of them came in, in three matches. They conceded six against Man City, four against Chelsea, and three against Liverpool. But the one of the reasons that they got so 
battered of, of Man City because they they, they kind of stuck to that attacking game that they play, and I don't think that'll change. I've looked through, I've looked through that possession stats in all the games this season, and in a couple of the way games they've actually had more of the ball than the home side, and in the other games it's been it's been fairly balanced. So I think you know Silva will set them up to attack, and I think that's where we'll get joy if we against Man U we actually came out and, and you know we really went for it, which was brilliant to see. But I think with Watford at home. If you look at how, if you look at the wing backs then, if, especially if they play with them for many and um, possibly Holebas, they 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 really bomb up and down the flanks, and I think we'll get a lot of joy behind them. So if Atu's back, I don't know if Atu is back, and if he isn't, then obviously I, I can't see why Murphy will be dropped, given that he did so well against Man U. But I think we're going to get we need to be looking to target the target their wing backs and getting them behind them, and I'd like to see Hosselu and Gale up front again because I think. I have shown signs of working, working well together, and if the ball's put into the box from the flanks, then I think they, it's sent a half. Uh, Mariapa is always a little bit shaky, I think. I can see um, Hostelu dominating him in the air, and Gale's always there to snap up any kind of loose balls, and, and also Gomez as well. He's one of those goalkeepers that if you do get plenty plenty of crosses in, he's always liable to, to make a mistake. So I think, um, I think yeah, just, just let them attack like the will and just get in behind them when they're pushing up because the will, the will press. So what do you think we'll have to do differently? Then? So that, that's them, and that's what we need to do to counter their threat. What do we have to do, Norman, in comparison to the last three games or the games we've lost this season to try and avoid a similar scenario? It's, it's difficult to say because, I mean, the, the games against um, Burnley and, and Bournemouth, the one they'll defeat, we, we, um, we kind of stuck at that game plan we've been using all season and then it just didn't come off. We didn't really get much in the way of clear-cut chances. But then against Man U on Saturday, that third half hour, we really, we really kind of, um, we really pressed and we almost, I mean, I might be using the wrong word yet, but we kind of dominated the game. And part of me would like to, to see us go out and do that. And against Watford at home, there is, we can be conned. Um, but as I say, because of how clear it, there is a part of me thinks that if we switch back to that kind of allowing them to kind of dictate the ball up to the final third of the pitch and do nothing with it because that's more or less what's happening in most of our, our games this season up until probably up until like the last like, well, the second half against Bournemouth um, so I think that we've just got to um, just be patient allow them to attack and then just hit them hit them on the on the, on the flank that's, in, in terms of what we have to do differently really, really difficult to see I think um that there are two ways of it. Let's go like against Man U, or let's just wait for them to attack us. And I, and I think I'm probably going to go for the for the latter, given how Watford set up and given the likelihood that they they're not going to change that that uh, particular style of play. I know this sounds ridiculously obvious, and it is. We need to score when we start like a house on fire. So against Until Bournemouth, then. that the performance for the first 25-30 minutes was so far superior to Bournemouth. Bournemouth, in my opinion, couldn't have complained to being two 0 down at that point to reflect our dominance. Um, you know, so that that's crucial that will make it. Can't really, you can argue that we did that at Old Trafford. But that positive start was rewarded with a goal. So positive signs there. And obviously, every team that starts, well, any team that plays wants to score. And when you are on top, you need to score. But that you know, it, it just sounds so obvious. But the first goal is so important with us. I can't see us losing a game because we defend so well. Um, once we've taken the lead at home, Man United is a different kettle of fish. You know, I think it's so important that when we're on top, we make it count and we accept as fans. And it's going to happen that, you know, if we ha- we're going to have 10, 15 minutes of good stages, and we- then we're going to give Watford the ball because we've been here before. 
We know what we like to do at home. We like to play on the counter-attack. We like to defend. We like to give the opposition the ball. Watford has 63% of possession, Evan, and still got beat. It will 2-0 up. It's like 15 minutes to go, and the keeper got injured, etc. But for me, that's a big one. Making sure you make it count when you're on top. Because if we're on top for 25 minutes in the whole game, and they, they control 65, um, you know, we, we're, we're good at doing what we have to do in that 65. Therefore, an hour 25... We've got to make sure that we'll punish them, or if we have the chance to punish them, it happens. As own like I was saying on the um the video blog me incited yesterday. If you've not had a, a watch of it yet, please do. I'll put the description and all the or the link in the description of this podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Got lots planned for that. Um, you know, I was saying that you know we've been a bit unlucky. We've had some wonder saves. We've had posts. We've had near misses and all that kind of stuff. Well, there's only so f- long you can go on saying stuff like that. We just need to start sticking the ball in the back of the net on. Agreed, and I think we will against Watford. I mean, they're, they're defensively um, pretty poor. I think they've got the. I think you've got three teams on like twenty-four goals, one on twenty-five, and one on twenty-six. So they've got like, they're in. I suppose the fourth highest amount of goals conceded. Um, and I think I think we'll get. I, I can see us getting a couple of goals, especially with with Gale being back in the side. Gale's goal, I think, against Manu on on Saturday was massive, and the fact that he he played so well um, on top of that. And in the previous game against Bournemouth, he played, he played the whole match and he, and he got into a couple of good positions. He's he's a very uh, welcome sight in the side, and I think um, I think we're going to cause them we're going to cause them problems because, as I say, they're, they're defensively weak, and we are looking a lot more dangerous with um, with Hossolu and Gear up front, and than we were with with Perez and um, and Hossolu. And don't get me wrong, I'm not taking anything away from Perez because of the, the style the style that we were playing. His work be tied in with that. But with Hossel and Gale, it, it's almost like we've naturally become a bit more tacking. Um, and I, I want to see that continue. And like you say, you know, again, it's cliche, but the, the first goal is massive. And if we get a goal, get a goal early on, I'll see, I can see us getting a second because they will go for it. They're not gonna, they won't sit back and think, oh, we're 1-0 down. Let's just try and save the next 20, 30 minutes and maybe then start putting pressure on. They'll just keep going for it. And that's where we can really hit them. So getting a goal in early, I think if we get a one early, we'll go on and win the game. Sai, um, three games this week, and as I said at the start of the show, takes us back to the halcyon days of like a couple of months ago when we had three games regularly, um, would always do well. You know, that you know, was that famous week we had when we went to Huddersfield and we went to Brighton and won and got a draw at Reading. Um, you know, where do you see Rafa going in terms of rotation? Do you think we're going to go back to last season where we'll, me and Norman... Or people watching on telly or listening on radio turn up on Tuesday and think, you know, Mbemba, like where's he come from? Kieran Clark at left back. Uh, or do you think what because Rafa pretty much has a settled team, uh, that's the side we're going to see over the next seven days? Um, I think he would like to be able to rotate because he always will when we've got three games and um, it's three games in seven days, but something like nine games in, in 30 days, it's, it's going to be a, a hell of a month. Um, but you have to really kind of look at the squad and think where is there where is the room for rotation? He's not going to want to rotate centre halves unnecessarily. You know, Clark and Clark and Lejeune will play uh, until the cells is fit. Um, Dummett's back in training, but I, I guess it'll still take a few weeks before we'll see him. So really, we've got two fit fullbacks, two first choice centre halves. All right, and Bemba could probably get in there, but he's not going to mess around with the defence. Centre mid, Marino hopefully hopefully comes back in for this one. So there's three options there to, to, to play with. So that all three will get games. 
And then on the wings, Atu's injured, and we've got Richie and, and and Murphy. So I don't I don't know where he goes with rotation there, unless for some reason Rolanda Ahrens can find his way back on the side. The the, the mystery that continues, which then puts you in the in the front two, and um, Hostler and Gale. I think I, I totally agree with what you've said. I, I'd like to see that partnership continue because it, there's there's been some real signs there of some attacking intent, and that's what's been missing. Um, so. In terms of rotation, I guess the question is, will Mitrovic get some game time at some point in the next week? And yes, he will, because um, he has to. Um, because I, I can I can see um, this this game going exactly as I said. We'll need to get a goal in the first half out of it, playing the same way we did against Bournemouth and Man U, taking the game, you know, starting like a house on fire. If we get a goal, or if we're, if we're one 0 up or two 0 up at half time. Then then one of Gale or, or Hosley might have to come off, and we'll revert back to. The style of the earlier earlier games this season, and just kind of go into lockdown and play, go back to four two three one, possibly up front for as long as he can last, and then maybe get Mitrovic on to see if he can make a make, a, make another one. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see rotation, but what what, what rotation really is there to, to choose from? You know what's weird? And I totally nominated. No, I was writing the special today, which is if you're listening. Please subscribe to the Match Day newsletter. This podcast is a series of requests of me asking people to do stuff, isn't it? Um, subscribe to the Match Day newsletter special, uh, a special from True Faith. Uh, me, Norman, 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 and Sai all write for it. It's a Match Day newsletter, directly mobile phone, free of charge. Just loads of patter about the match, really, from dead good people. Um, but yeah, I was writing that, and I also said I was I was talk, talking about positive starts and all this kind of stuff, and the things we're talking about now, and I was like. We either start like a train or like a house on fire. How are either of those two like <laughs> phrases remotely applicable to anything? <laughs> like like a house on fire <laughs> is not a good thing. <laughs> I want to start like a house on fire. And, and you know, the start of like a train will, I don't even ask, trains start relatively slowly when they pull up a station, but I'm being ridiculous now. <laughs> yeah, sure, it is true. <laughs> trains don't, if a train left, like your train left the station, Let's say it's top speed of 120 miles an hour. That would be really dangerous. Yeah. It would be dangerous for the, for the public. So to say you not like a train, it's just fucking ridiculous, to be honest with you. I'm never going to use it again. Thank you. Um, the back to squad rotation. Hi. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think my, my point was, even last season, it happened a lot when we had loads of games, but we, we, had, we had squad players in the likes of Gufran, Anita, and really, we've kind of, the squad's thinner now than it was, and... That it's kind of it's going to get exposed, I reckon. So we need to take points from the from this sort of game. I was just thinking about him. You know, he's just the kind of player who we could have done with. And I know Rafa did want to keep him for a season. Not Anita, obviously, <laughs> but um, but uh, Johan Gufran, um, just just like I think he would just he would have been. I know he got so much stick over the years, but he just would have been like, you know, half decent in this situation. Rotation, not always worthy of a place on the bench, but to come in and do a job. Um, you know, and, and he would have helped. He would have helped Mankio on a lot, I think, defensively, um, compared to maybe Richie or, or Jacob Murphy or Ratsu. But anyway, he doesn't play for anymore. Um, you know, Sai Isaac Hayden's suspended for this one. Um, you've you've said Marino. Hopefully, he'll be fit. That's the hope. Um, I'm not convinced. Rafa will start him. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to see Modiame in the centre midfield. What I'm concerned about. Um, is we looked so open through the middle of the pitch against Bournemouth and against Man United 
I suppose maybe you could put that down to the absence of Perez, but it's probably not as simple as that. I mean, Perez came on against Bournemouth and were looked as open as ever. But do you think, Sai, that teams have started to work us out a little bit in terms of the counter-attack? Possibly were, and I think that's why he's had to make some changes. And I think Gale, Gale, Gale refining his form is really important. So, you know, if we can get the, the Dwight Gale of last season, then, then no one's found anything out because <laughs> he, he, he's a threat to anybody. But I think you're right. I think the Perez Hosselu... Perez Hosselu lineup was was getting quite predictable. It's you know what's going you know what we're gonna do. Hosselu just just mark him mark him tightly. If he wins the ball in the air, it's not really gonna go anywhere with Perez looking around for scraps. It's quite easy to defend against. So Gales gives you a totally different thing to think about. So whilst whilst yes, um, Perez's defensive work is now lacking, or might be a little bit more exposed. You'd like to think that it it kind of forces teams to play a little bit deeper and lets us get forward and let's put. Um, Shelby, come away from our 18-yard box because I'm I'm kind of a bit sick already of seeing him collect the ball so deep. Yeah. And then have to find a 60-yard ball. So I'm hoping that, that 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 scales impact on the team going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just such a difficult one in terms of of how we set up. If it is a Diarmi and Shelby partnership, they're both ball playing midfielders, one better than the other. Um, Mo is obviously better at carrying the ball, but I I would worry about. The, you know, if we're playing that four four two, even though Gale's going to play slightly deeper, I'd worry about how easy it would be for Watford to get, you know, to be able to run at the back four. And we saw it a couple of times on Saturday. I'll come to you, Norman. We saw it a couple of times on Saturday against Man United, where they were putting balls even at one nil that was in and behind the back four, and that in it, that in itself isn't a massive problem. So we've got good defenders. It's a problem when the defenders have got no idea what the goalkeeper's going to do, um, and therefore you saw two farcical situations where Rob actually came out against Man United and our, our centre-backs just had to run round him with the ball the, I've said it before these aren't the kind of things you normally see in top tier football um, so I'm, I'm concerned I'm not saying we're going to lose the game I'm not saying I don't think we're going to win but I'm concerned I think it's a problem that I haven't seen Rafa plug in, in the past couple of games but you know that's what this uh, this Saturday is an opportunity for Norman Right so two things I'm going to go full football manager mode here but right there's no, there's zero chance of Mbemba coming in to play in that Isaac Hayden role. I, when I say the Isaac Hayden role, in this particular match, I'm talking about the defensive screen, a role that he has played in international football for a good couple of years now, and he's capable of playing, and Rafa's even said it, zero chance, I'm guessing, by your, by your facial expression, that's what I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm taking. Um, the other one, as well, is, again, and it sounds, it's going to sound ridiculous, but Kieran Clark has played as a defensive midfielder as well. So if Lascelles is back, that he's not. He's not back. He's not. He's he's out. He's out. The cells. The not so definitely out. Scratch that then. <laughs> so so the, neither of you believe that Mbemba's got any any chance at all of playing that role now. I, I just I'd love to be wrong, but and you're right because what happens if Diarme gets injured or sent off and then Hazen's like like literally we've got Diarme shut well, off. We've got Marino, I suppose. We've got four. There's four of them there. Um, you know, if, if 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 beyond those four, you could argue he's not going to bring Colback back, but you could argue yes, he could do it. I just, mate, I can't. You know, Norman, I can't sit here slagging off Mitrovic's like lack of relevance in terms of his international appearances to Newcastle, and then say, oh, you know, um, Chancel's been smashing it for the Congo in DM. Yeah. Equatorial Guinea are better than Andorra, <laughs> so. Um, yeah. 
I was speaking. I was speaking to a lad in uh, at work yesterday now, who'd been to the Congo, and he was saying it was quite nice. And I was like, "Was it not a civil war?" And he was like, "No, that's DR Congo." And I was like, "Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, I don't know. Sorry, me. Af- yeah, sorry, me. African politics is a little bit off there." He was absolutely disgusted. Anyway, getting off topic again. <laughs> um, so, why have you gone for a draw then in the match preview? What well, give your listeners, your listeners, your readers a little bit of a. You know, behind the writers, uh, behind the writers' shield here. Because Watford are good. Other so though, they're a decent side. they've only got four more points than us. <laughs> I think, like Bournemouth, they've got a more attacking threat than we do at the minute. Um, I think, obviously, Troy Deeney's a, good, a very good striker. They brought in Andre Gray, who's not even hardly had a kick this season. Um, and that, who's the lad who's been scoring all the goals for them? Richard Nielsen, Richarlison. Yeah. Name. I'm, I'm um, sure um, they've, got a, they've got a they've got a threat, and we're we're, we're missing Lascelles. I think they'll I think they've got a goal in them. We've got we've got a terrible goalkeeper, um, but you know we'll, we'll get something from the game. I would take a draw um, as as long as we beat West West Brom, who are much worse on Tuesday. It's big ass though. I mean, first of all, um, what Troy Dean suspended um, for the game. Yeah, so he'll not play, but. I think we'll have to win. I know I'll, I'll be, you know, content with the draw. I'll be driving down to West Brom on Tuesday, and I still think we we'll beat West Brom. It is looking like it'll be Alan Pardew's first home game, and he always starts well. And <laughs> um, but I just think we'll have to win because if if he can't beat Watford at home, no, it's hard because there's such fine margins in football. We saw that against Bournemouth, so you can play like we did against Palace and take three points and create literally nothing apart from the goal and then you can score create four or five expected goal opportunities against um, Bournemouth and get for goal from the game so it, I just I just feel like it would just settle the nerves of, of the region and the city and everyone all, everyone listening to this if we can get that win we can go to Watford and Chelsea with the pressure off and think right we've got Leicester at home to follow you know if those two go wrong um, we're we're, we're a difficult team to play against, but we're also an easy team at times to defend against, and that's my worry. And you know what? I'm, that, that's one of the reasons I'm excited for the game, because again, it's, an, it's a fantastic opportunity for us to see where, where the, this, this team are and where we think they're going to end up, because if we lose today, December's always beat today. If we lose on Saturday, December's always been described as a very difficult mon- month for United. Um, there's a lot of difficult, you know, there's, there's away games in there at West Ham and Arsenal, there's home game against Man City, away game at Chelsea, you know, so there's there's loads going on, on there, there's Stoke away on, on New Year's Day, so it's a massive game for that reason, I think we need to, we need to be winning it, and if we don't, we don't, and we'll, we'll reassess, and I'm sure Rafa won't panic, but we're just starting to get a little bit close to that relegation zone, and we haven't been near it, I think we're five points off it, um, before West Ham play uh, tomorrow night, which is a Friday, so, I don't know. A win, a win for me. That's what I think will happen. That's what I hope will happen. Norman, yourself. Um, when I was uh, writing notes for this, I, I, my my instinct was twos each. High, a high score on Joe because um, yes, we are good defensively, but they're really good going forward, and they're really terrible at the back. And I can see it. Yeah, I can see as as Sage predicted a draw, and I and I'm, I've got a, a two-two feeling to it. A two-two. I mean, that would be an enjoyable game, but you know, this this weekend's an interesting weekend anyway for the, for the other fixtures of the Premier League. You've got you've got teams. You you know the top six. None of the top six are playing each other, so therefore there are six teams that will probably get beat. That's always good when you're in opposition. 
But you've also got Swansea Bournemouth. Big game for Swansea. That big game for Swansea and Clements. He doesn't want to be losing that or he'd be in serious trouble. If he loses that, I think he'll go. I agree. You've got, um, obviously, Palace Stoke. I mean, I was speaking to a, a friend this week and he was right, he reckons Palace are going to Stoke. And I said, well, they, can't, they couldn't beat Everton at home. They couldn't beat West Ham at home. They couldn't beat Swansea at home. Who can they beat? Um, even though they put in a reasonably impressive display at St James's. Um, you know, so that's a big game for them. It's a big game for Stoke. You, you know, there's a lot of managers under pressure here, and a lot of teams under pressure. A lot of teams, you know, like your Stokes, clinging to the fact that just on the edge of being dragged properly in the relegation battle, which you could argue that we're in now. Um, but they'll be hoping for something positive from that game. And then you've got Southampton versus Everton on the Sunday, which again, Everton are looking to distance that gap between themselves and the relegation zone. Southampton, it's not going well for. Pellegrino, um, big games in the Premier League, and ours is one of them against Watford. It's it's almost like battles of the of the rest outside of the top six. So, just a massive weekend all round, and you know we head we head to Watford after, and um, not Watford, West Brom, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to be honest for that one because if we could pick up six points from these next two or four, that just takes all the pressure off for Chelsea. We can go to Chelsea, we can put in a positive performance like we did at Old Trafford. If we lose these two or pick up one point from the next two. You go into Chelsea and maybe that'll affect the manager's psychology. You might, we might not see the attacking football for that magical first 30 that we did at Old Trafford. So, massive game is what I'm probably just repeating over and over again here. Um, <laughs> um, Lance, anything else you want to add to this uh, festival of football we've got coming up? Um, quick question, uh, Marino. The impression that I got was that with you know the media reports is that he's he's not going to be ready for, for this Saturday. Um Maybe I may be completely, you know, completely incorrect there. Um, but do you think if he's available, do you think he's going to start? Because if he starts on Saturday after having three weeks out, um, then maybe he's going to last like what 50, 55 minutes, possibly. Um, part of me was thinking if he's on if he's on the bench and it's a tight game, with 25, 30 minutes to go. Not only will it give you a lift in terms of ability on the pitch. You just know that the stadium will have this massive lift to see Marino come on. So I'd just be interested to know what your, what your thoughts on, on Mikel this weekend. Sorry, do you want to take that? Simon? What? Do you want to take that I question? Said, I interrupted with, you'll score the winner. <laughs> <laughs> so just, Again. From the bench, aren't the starting? <laughs> yeah, at the point when Norman said, when he comes off the bench, I said, you'll score the winner. Right. Yeah. Um, fine, very short, very sweet. Yeah, Norman, um, I, 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 I'll start him because it's such a big game. We need our best team out from the from the very start. I'll never, I love him, but as you all know, I'll never forgive Rafa for not playing Shelby at Brighton. And I'd hate to have a similar a similar thing here where Marino comes off the bench from a 1-0 down and bosses it. And we think, what if? Um, we're, probably, we're probably not in a position to be able to manage any more what-ifs. So it's it's probably integral to me we'll get the best possible team starting. Caught on NFC.com, um, Paul Dumet is in line to make his return to the to the bench uh, or at least the match day squad so that'll be interesting to see whether he features straight away probably not but you'd think he'd definitely feature maybe West Brom or Chelsea that'll help her because with, with, with two full backs being so small it's being targeted by the opposition and uh, even though Pulis isn't there if there's no manager it's fucking Gary Megson who's basically Tony Pulis like 30 years ago like he's the dinosaur version of Tony Pulis <laughs> What a, what a compliment. Why'd you put that in your LinkedIn profile? <laughs> so I've been copying Tony Pulis 30 years ago. <laughs> Fucking hell. No wonder Pulis was struggling to get new ideas. He was turning to Gary Max. And what do you think,
and he's like just reinforcing Pulis's ideas from when they first met. Um, but anyway, that West Brom with their massive team will target that. Against Man United, it was it was men against boys. I don't mean in terms of ability, but in terms of the stature of the players on the pitch. I don't know whether it came across on TV, but when you were there, Isaac Hayden, Isaac Hayden, he's not a small lad, stood next to Nemanja Matic. It was like a man and a child. And, you know, there was those mismatches all over the pitch. And you had Antonio Valencia coming up against Manquillo. Um, it just, you know, dumb it'll help, is what I'm trying to say, in a very uh, long-winded way. Um yeah, lads, I think that I think that's about it for this week. We've got absolutely loads of podcasts for you planned, which will come as no surprise because it's December and there is an unhealthy amount of football. I think it's been medically proved for players and uh, and managers and stuff like that. So straight after the game against Watford, we'll have a podcast out. Monday, we're doing a podcast with Mark Douglas, um, Chronicle, you know, um, editor, not editor, uh, head of football or whatever, or you know, head of Newcastle United stuff at the Chronicle. He's been on before, so it was a pleasure to speak to him. We'll be having a general chat about Mark, talking about his book probably a little bit, and then looking ahead to the massive week that we've got, depending on the result. Uh, we'll have Martin Hardy and Craig Hope coming up in the near future as well. So we're trying to get all the journalists on before Christmas because we've neglected that a little bit. So we'll have previews, we'll have um, post-match stuff. We've got other journalists to come. We've got Daniel Story to come on talk about his book. Um, loads more stuff going on so yeah keep with us uh, keep it with the True Faith podcast over the next six weeks um, you'll probably get sick of what but never mind that's what happens with football isn't it uh, if Newcastle win I'm sure uh, I'm sure everyone will be buzzing so Lance thank you very much Norman and Si thanks for your time appreciate it and we will speak to you uh, after Watford hopefully with a win everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.